I'm here for an interview, uh, but it's for the the bank vault position, sales position. Where do you guys make the bank vaults at? And my father-in-law popped his head out of his office. He's like, bank vaults? What are you talking about? We make burial vaults. And when I think of God's plan, I'm learning that God draws this master beautiful piece, masterpiece picture, but the journey for the picture is not linear. Hey, I'm just a little uncommon. Hey, I'm just a little uncommon. Hey, I'm just a little uncommon. Common, common. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Empire podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Thogmartin, and this is an entrepreneur's journey to living authentic and uncommon. Shout out to everybody that listened to episode one. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. It is kind of the thesis of why this podcast is the Uncommon Empire podcast, uh, the the journey to finding that name and what it means and the thesis behind this and why I'm doing this. So uh, this is episode two and uh, the vaults full of money. I think that probably gets your attention. And we're going to talk about some vaults full of money and how that applies to, to my life. But uh, there's really three big takeaways I want you to get from this episode. Number one, God's plan isn't always linear. And I have learned this in multiple different scenarios, but in, in how I'm going to apply it today is just the story of how my journey in business and how we got to where we're at today. God's plan isn't always linear and it gives me, you know, linear. We think of straight lines, A to B, B to C, C to D. Um, and when I think of God's plan, I'm learning that God draws this master beautiful piece, masterpiece picture, but the journey for the picture is not linear. You can't draw in just straight lines. Um, God paints his masterpiece and there's brush strokes that go forward. There's brush strokes that go up, down. There's brush strokes that go backwards. And as our, our pastor Rowdy said in a recent sermon that sometimes a step backwards is really a step forward in God's plan. So God's plan isn't always linear. Number two, your biggest breakdown can be your biggest breakthrough. I'm going to give you today in this episode, my rock bottom. Um, and what I learned sometimes when we were in rock bottom, we absolutely have to go to rock bottom to understand why we're there. Now there's something that we need to learn in that. And then number three, your purpose is never on the surface. Or another way to phrase that is when it feels like the finish line, and this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where I'm supposed to be. God's plan isn't always linear. And sometimes the finish line or what feels like the finish line or the purpose is just the middle. So uh, I got a lot of questions after the first episode, because one of the things that I said in the first episode was that a lot of the all actually really almost all the brands that we operate are in the death care space. And so, um, part of my audience is from the death care space because that's where my, my biggest brand presence is. But as we've moved across the country, if I've been involved in different businesses and different business groups and health coaching and some of the things that we have our hands in in church, we've, we've got a, a completely other side now of audience in a circle that doesn't 
know the background of the death care space and how we got here. Uh, so that's what I want to really give you today is, is and we're going to get those three points I just made. We're going to pull out of this episode. So there's going to be a ton of value in here. Uh, but how did I get stuck in the death care space or not stuck? How did I get blessed? to be in this space and how did I get here? Uh, so, uh, I'll give you a quick backstory, uh, very entrepreneurial in school. I told you, you know, growing up I was entrepreneurial and I gave you some of my entrepreneur stories in the first episode. So if you didn't watch them, go back or didn't watch it, go back or listen to it. Um, but very entrepreneurial. So out of high school, I started and partnered with another guy to start a, an online marketing company. Basically we were building online sports websites for high schools. So this was 2001, um, when most schools, public schools had a K-12 website, but they, there wasn't any coverage of sports. Now you would think, Oh man, like high school athletes have a ton of coverage. When I played sports and I grew up playing sports, it's why I felt like the only reason I really needed to go to school was so I could play sports. Um, athletes didn't get the coverage that they get today. Uh, AAU wasn't huge like it is today. Um, there wasn't that sports coverage where most K-12 schools or public schools have a completely separate standalone sports website. And we, my partner and I really pioneered that in the state of Ohio back in 2001. So we would create these awesome sports websites. I would go around into the communities of those schools and I would sell advertising. And what was really cool because we're really pioneering for most of these small businesses. It was their first touch of what online advertising could be through banner advertising. And they were doing it through a local school system. And it was things that brought the community together. We were creating landing pages, which they didn't really understand. So I was getting to educate the value of online attention, which is literally become the thesis of what I do now uh, at scale. So cool how that happened. But, uh, I met this girl about a year after I started this company. Um, so I started this company the day after I graduated high school, went to college for a year, uh, ran the company from my dorm room and did sales phone sales from my dorm room to continue revenue, managed a couple salespeople remotely, uh, from my dorm room, which was dope. Cause again, God allowed that to foreshadow what I'm doing now where I'm not in an office and all 30 of our employees are remote. So really kind of set the, the course and of how to manage that. I don't know how many years ago, long time, long time, almost 20 years ago. Uh, so, uh, met this girl, uh, after I dropped out of college, after my freshman year, figured out that college was not my bag of donuts. It wasn't for me. Um, there was not much that I was learning in my business classes that I hadn't already experienced or kind of been through. Uh, and I really was like, man, God, you've given me a skill set to, to be able to generate income and generate revenue. And I really love what I'm doing. I'm going to ride this thing out. I can always go to school if I need to. Uh, so I dropped out of school on my way home from college stopped in this town in Ohio called Zanesville. My brother was playing in a three on three basketball tournament, met a girl. We dated for about three years. I was ready to get married to her. And she said, um, and in that three, three year period, I had got out of the partnership that I was in. The partnership was super toxic. Um, I learned the value of aligning yourself with people that have, core values like you do, morals like you do, the value of aligning 
yourself with people that have God at the center of their life. Um, and that's huge in relationships, whether that's marriage, whether that is proximity to people, um, or that's business relationship equally yoked. Uh, there's value in being equally yoked. I was not equally yoked. I needed to get out of that partnership, sold out of my partnership in the company and, uh, was ready to get married to my now wife. And she said, look, I know you're an entrepreneur. You're not really wanting to go work for somebody, but look, my dad's never going to say yes, unless you've got some sort of income and a way to provide fair. You know, I, I like that she stood on that and she was, she was right. You know, me now as a father, I'm like, Hmm, how are you going to provide for my daughter? Uh, those are the things that I think in my head. So, um, I said, well, yeah, you know, I'm not really going to go work for anybody. That's not, not, not my thing. Like I'm entrepreneurial and she's like, I get it, but why don't you just go work for my dad until you can figure out kind of what's next. He needs a salesperson. You can do sales. I'm like, cool. All right. What does your dad do? This is where it gets tricky, man. It's where I got duped. Uh, she said, my dad has a vault company. I'm like sweet, uh, vaults, bank vaults. Like people have them in their house. Every bank needs one. People have small ones beside their beds. Sometimes they put money in them, jewels, guns, whatever. It was a vault full of all these different things in my mind. And I didn't ask any questions. I'm like, okay, this is what a vault is. I know what a vault is piece of cake. I can go sell that. So I show up, um, called her dad, asked for an interview, meet him at his, his, his office on a Saturday morning. And I pull into the business and I read the sign and it says Wilbert concrete burial vaults, uh, Hub Stuyvesant company. And I was like, Hmm, all right, they they must make the bank vault somewhere else. So I walked in and I asked the the guy in the office and said, Hey, I'm here for an interview, uh, but it's for the, the bank vault position, sales position. Where do you guys make the bank vaults at? And my father-in-law popped his head out of his office. He's like, bank vaults, what are you talking about? We make burial vaults. So concrete burial vaults, I'll give you a quick analogy or definition of what that is. Basically it's an outer burial container. So if you've ever been to a cemetery, uh, when somebody gets buried, the casket goes into an outer burial container and there's steel ones, there's concrete ones, and then there's concrete ones that have liners in them. And so my father-in-law was a Wilbert franchise. Wilbert is the Nike of the burial vault, uh, sector of the death care space and, uh, the best of the best. And I'm like, okay. So, um, it wasn't bank vaults. It was concrete burial vaults. And now I, I knew nothing about the death care space. Zero, absolutely zero. I, the only thing that I knew is there was a casket, there's a cemetery and there's cremation. Um, there's about the three, three things that I, I knew about, about the death care space. And so, uh, I started working for my father-in-law. I didn't start out in sales right away. I really needed to learn the product. So I started in the manufacturing side of the business, stripping molds, pouring concrete, servicing graves, doing a lot of manual labor, which my father-in-law quickly figured out that uh, manual labor is not my thing. And, uh, I was much more comfortable behind a computer or talking to people. And so after two years of being on the manufacturing side of the plant and really learning the business, doing all, all of the work, um, I started to make sales calls on, on funeral homes. Now, this is really cool because back when I had the sports marketing company and we were building the sports websites, when I would roll into a town, to sell ads on these, these high school sports websites, one of the first places I would look and I would go to was the local funeral home. The local funeral home 
was almost like a guarantee that I was going to get a sale. At least one of them. Most cities had two or three funeral homes and piece of cake. I would sell one of them very easily. And that was where I would start on a Monday morning was going into the funeral home, getting a win for, for to start off the week and, and let that roll through. So, um, I was very comfortable actually rolling into funeral homes, but I didn't know really anything about the death care space whatsoever. And, you know, again, my background was, marketing and, and sales. And so I, uh, I started having conversations with all of these funeral directors and they all had the same common core problems. Um, you know, as any good salesperson would do, I didn't make it necessarily about the thing that I was selling at first. It was establishing a relationship, getting to know them. What are their pain points? And I was learning all these pain points for about a hundred funeral homes across Ohio and, and, the pain points were all very common. And in my brain, I'm going, well, man, like online marketing would solve a lot of these problems. There would be an answer to these problems. There would be a fix here. There would be exposure. There would be the relationship connecting with the community before they needed your services. There were all these values. And so um, I went to my father-in-law and said, Hey, I got all these ideas about the death care space. I don't really see any news publications that exist or anything that I can find online talking about these issues that funeral homes have, and then a potential solution for those issues. So I said, can I start a blog? writing about these things. And he said, yeah, sure. What do you need? And so he got me the things that I needed to do this. And I would spend from, you know, every morning from 6am to 8am and I would start working for him at 8am. So from 6 to 8am, I was, I started building my, my thing. And this is where I'd write my content. And so I was writing an article or two every single day and I was publishing it online and had really zero following. And so, you know, I, again, just the entrepreneurial side of me, went on a discovery mission. Where can I, there has to be, this was 2007, you know, Facebook rolls out publicly at the late 2007. Um, LinkedIn had just gone public and I was like, man, uh, where, where do funeral professionals hang out online? I started like searching and scouring the internet. I found one place. There was a discussion board that a website company had created. Um, and I would go in that discussion board and I would just start conversations. So just grassroots kind of marketing. It was my form of the handshake. And I was starting conversations with death care professionals. And then I was dripping and like, here's my thoughts and Hey, check it out. I wrote about it here and I would drop in the link and so the way that I had the blog set up, though, it was kind of it was blocked by not a paywall, but a subscription wall. So it was free. But I, w I, I knew that I needed to build an email list because I wanted to be able to have access to the people that were reading the content and get more content from them. And so the way I had site set up was when I would publish a piece of content, it would immediately email out automated to everybody that subscribed. So it was beautiful. And, and after about a year uh, of writing a piece of content or two every single day for a year, Monday through Friday, um, I had about a thousand subscribers uh, to this blog and it was connectingdirectors.com. Connectingdirectors.com now is the largest online funeral publication. It's the most read funeral publication uh, on the planet. Um, we have over 40,000 subscribers to the publication, all death care professionals, decision makers that read that publication on a monthly basis. And uh, that 
publication started to give me this platform. Um, you know, and I think when you start to amass something in a niche like the death care space, um, so, I mean, currently almost 50% of the profession reads the publication every single day. So there's a lot of value in building that audience and building that attention. What I knew from the marketing side and the previous business that I started is that the more attention that you could get, the more stock that you could have, uh, the more notoriety, the more people paid attention. And if they could align with your thesis, you could start to build this tribe. And that's really what I was doing was kind of building this thing out. And, and as it grew, it became more of a news publication and information publication. And I started writing a lot about marketing and using online, engaging with the consumer and why Facebook at this point now is valuable for funeral homes to be a part of, which led into in 2010, June of 2010, I got asked to speak at my very first conference in the funeral space. Um, it was the independent funeral directors of Florida conference. And I, I was still working for my father-in-law's vault company at this time. And I'd really built this blog off of working from, you know, 5 PM when I got off work from him till three or four in the morning, sleep for a couple hours and then go to the plant, publish the content. And then I would go work at the plant do my thing there, do sales, come home, go in the basement and build. And that was a continual, literally everyday, everyday thing. And in 2010, I've been now doing that every day for three years. And uh, I finally got asked to speak at my first funeral conference on social media and the value of social media and being online for death care professionals. It wasn't necessarily my expertise at that time, um, but it's it's what I knew about the space and what I could bring to the space was the online. And I didn't have a business around it um, other than connecting directors, which was the publication. And so I spoke about it. It was probably easily the worst presentation I've ever given, um, but that led to a couple more presentations, which was awesome. And I guess started getting asked to speak at different state conventions and things. Well, that was June of, of 2010, which was my first presentation. Um, in August of 2010, I was making sales calls for my father-in-law was in an accident. Girl went left to center, hit me head on. Um, it, it killed her passenger and, um, I was left with a, a shattered right femur in three different places and was life flighted and spent you know, a week in, in the hospital on intensive care and all these things got out of the hospital. Um, I was wheelchair bound for about six months. Couldn't walk, couldn't bend my leg. Um, and we ended up moving in with my, my in-laws during that time because I would, would have access to everything that I needed on one floor. Our f f house was two stories and, you know, a bath and shower was on the, the upstairs floor and it was much too difficult for me to get up and down the floor, uh, up and down the stairs. And, um, we had two little ones at the time that were four and three. So, uh, or four and two, and it was just, you know, my wife was working full time. So it just made a lot of sense. And, um, so this gave me a lot of downtime. Um, I was just in, in massive, like I couldn't stay still. Um, I had to be, my hands needed to stay busy. I needed to be creating. And so I, you know, this six month period where I'm laid up on the couch and, 
you know, I could really only concentrate in the first few months um, for 20, 30 minutes at a time because of the medicine that I was on and, and different things. And um, during this time, I really started to dive into social media marketing for, for funeral homes and the value of it and um, was spending all night kind of writing this business plan about what social media could look like for a funeral home. And I, I don't fully remember the way the conversation went, um, but uh, at that point, I woke my wife up one one evening or one night and I said, hey, I, I think I'm going to start another company. And she said, were well, you crazy with what time? She goes, well, I, I don't know, but I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to start a social media marketing company for funeral homes. And I don't know that she was really thrilled about it because I have business ideas all the time. I think when you're entrepreneurial, if you can, you can identify and figure out ways to start creating businesses and generate revenue. It's just in your DNA. It's what you do. And I had all these ideas, but this one, I was like, Hey, I'm serious about this. I think start a social media agency. And she was like, ah, okay, whatever. I'm going back to bed. And I really started to build out this business plan for, for a marketing company. And this is where the first point comes in. Uh, God's plan isn't always linear. So I start out one business online marketing for small business companies through banner advertising and built this platform to help them build exposure. So I was learning what would get people to click on a banner ad. I was learning of how to convert on a landing page and what did conversion look like and learning how to create all these things in real time, get out of that business, go into death care, which isn't the, the linear approach, right? Like, you know, that wasn't like, okay, a was here, B is here. It was more like a is here. And then we did a couple circles. We backtracked, we landed here in the vault business and then boom, now we're starting this publication for funeral profession, which was really cool because the way I generated revenue and started generating revenue on the publication was through banner advertising, which was what I learned in the previous business. See how this works? God's plan isn't always linear. It's not an easy step here, step there. It, we, we, we go around in circles and God shows us something in one season that looks like something completely different in another season. But what I learned in that season allows me to excel in this season. And the publication led to the opportunities, which led to a social media marketing agency, which was never part of the plan, but God connected these dots in this unlinear way where, you know, there were ups and downs and valleys and twists and turns and things that worked and things that didn't work. And, you know, conversations that started to go somewhere and then didn't go anywhere. And and so we came in and I don't know if she was in alignment with me on, on this, but you know, my wife always luckily for the most part would support my crazy ideas, but this was just another one of those crazy ideas, but this crazy idea stuck. And, you know, I got to give you the position we were at in life. And this is the point. Number two, your biggest breakdown can be your biggest breakthrough. Um, the point we were at in our life, marriage, the whole thing. I, I mean, I was in a season of thinking that I knew everything. So I came into this profession in 2004. I saw the way that things were done in the, the, the business that I was in. I saw opportunities to start building my own thing with connecting directors. I started to get a lot of exposure and a lot of attention. I'd been in the space for five years. 
I felt like I knew everything. My attitude was cocky. I was relying fully on my own skill set to be able to do everything. No one else knew anything. Um, it was creating a lot of tension, family tension with my own relationship with my wife, tension with my wife's family, tension in the family business, tension in looking at, oh man, I can go build my own thing, but I also need to be grateful for this. And, and so it was, it was the beginning of a downhill. So I was, I was just in this space where I was cocky and just, man, thought I knew everything. Uh, I was turning a lot of people off. Um, I was not a great father. I was spending every waking moment building the thing, um, building the thing that I, nobody in my family asked for. My kids didn't ask for me to build that thing. I was going, well, man, this is something that I want to do. I can build that. We can generate more revenue. It gives us more freedom, more freedom gives us the ability to do whatever we want. We can travel. We can, without ever asking them, did they want any of that? It was just me selfishly. This is what I want. So I was in this, this, this place where, in the accident, I'll, I'll cover the accident in a whole nother episode. I mean, that's, that's probably part one, two, three, uh, type episode, but God spoke to me in that moment and said, look, Hey, you, I can take all of this, everything that you feel like you're building. None of it is possible without me. Your marriage can't be successful without me. You can't be a good father without me. You won't build businesses that that survive and are legacy businesses and are valuable and change the world without me. And I got that. But I didn't, you know, when you're in that place, like you have that moment, you're laying in a car that's upside down and you feel like you get spoken to by God and and that didn't necessarily mean that I changed anything. So 2010, tell my wife, we're going to start a social media agency. Um, I do, I LLC it in the January, 2011. I'm still working full-time for my father-in-law. Now I'm starting to offer some social media services and doing some social media consulting. I'm speaking more, but I continued on this path of, I knew everything and I disregarded anything anybody else had to say. And, and the cockiness of, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. This is me. Bah, 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 bang my chest. Look what I've built. Look what I've done. Um, just got worse until it completely hit rock bottom 2012. Um, that'll be another episode too. But I ended up leaving the family vault business and pursuing disrupt media, which is the social media company and connecting directors full time and um, spent in that time period, almost eight months of living in the same house with my wife where we didn't speak. Uh, so when I say rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom, rock, it was, it was the lowest. I mean, absolutely nothing was working in my favor. Nothing was working in my favor. I had blown up every relationship in my life at that point that mattered to me. I had done things that had blown those relationships up, including the relationship with my wife, and my kids. So break down. However, when you can fully surrender, and I had to learn this the hard way because it wasn't my first initial response, but when we can surrender everything at the feet of Jesus and say, look, Lord, this is 1000% yours. This isn't mine. I can't do any of this without you because I've relied fully on just my abilities. 
up until this point, and this is where it's gotten me. Yes, there's success happening in this business, but it's cost me literally almost everything else. Um, and I said, I haven't put you at the center of any of it. I haven't put you at the center of my relationship as me as the father, as, as my business. Um, so I'm going to do a full episode on that. But listen, if you're going through your breakdown, surrender at the feet of Jesus, because there isn't anything that we can do. We can, we can only go so far on our own. We can't complete it and we can't f- see it through to the end to everything that it's supposed to be if we don't put Jesus at the center. And the only way my marriage came back around was 100% we put Jesus at the center and we made a commitment to that. And the closer we individually got to Jesus, the closer that we got together. So your breakdown can be your biggest breakthrough. The, the, the single most valuable lessons that I've learned in my life came at my lowest point. Um, and that's when I learned to fully rely on Jesus, but Jesus wasn't going to build the table. Jesus was giving me a skill set to build the thing, but I just wasn't including him in the thing that I was building. Um, so, uh, built disrupt really heavy. Um, you know, we're, we're 10, almost 11 years fully in we're 10 years into me being doing it hundred percent full time. We've got a staff of 30. Now my wife is the pretty much the, the operator of the company. She's the chief operating officer and I get to play the visionary, which is the skill set that God's given me and, and, and going, this is, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we're going to build. And she plugs all the pieces in to, to make it work, which has been awesome. So, um, I was at this point about three years ago where I'm like, man, disrupt is it. This is it. This is it. This is what we're building. This is how we're, how we're going to conquer the world. And, um, So the last thing I want you to get out of this is sometimes what feels like the finish line, the purpose, like this is why I'm here. I felt strongly that my purpose on earth was to really transform the death care space, to to be able to build things that disrupted an entire profession and got funeral professionals to think differently about how they engage families. And when they engage families the right way, there's more healing and there's more power and there's more um, value in what a funeral home does. But the healing for the family and the way that we connect funeral homes and family over something that's the worst and the, typically a lot of people's rock bottom, um, we can have a mission to make that process better and fix a lot of the things that were broken. And we've been doing that, but I, I thought that that was my purpose, but God's put me in a position and on a platform where my purpose continues to get revealed. And my purpose has gone from building this social media agency and really disrupting the death care space to going, Hey Ryan, you know, what's really cool is like, you can change somebody's business all day long and there's a lot of fulfillment and value in that. But if you change somebody's life, man, that is the ultimate fulfillment. And now that's led into coaching, um, both life coaching, business coaching and health coaching in the death care space as well, which is now revealing more and more of, of why I, I fully believe that my purpose on earth is impact that when I engage with people, they should be positively impacted, whether that's for two seconds, 
two hours, two years, 200 years, the engagement that we should have should be impactful in a positive way. And I really feel like that's my purpose. And God's revealing to me all of these different ways that I can impact people and be valuable. And so I want to tell you that your purpose isn't, is almost never what's on the surface. Like when we, when we start to go, okay, that's my purpose. But then we go deeper and we allow God to to get us uncomfortable and get us into uncomfortable places and places where we got to fully rely on him to be able to excel in those environments and those moments. Then he starts to chip away at where your true purpose lies. And when you find that true purpose and you're like, "Mm, okay, this is it. It's almost never where it actually started. And that's really kind of the story of how I got into the death care space. So everything that we do in death care right now, uh, we, we still have ConnectingDirectors.com, largest online funeral publication, Disrupt Media, which is the social media agency and relationship marketing company. We have Death Care Jobs, which is the largest online dedicated uh, job board. Um, so like think ZipRecruiter Indeed for death care. Um, then we have Uncommon Kingdom, which is our, our coaching company. And we're doing, I say we, because my wife is involved in pretty much all of that. Her and I are doing some coaching together uh, and some masterminds. I'm leading some, some masterminds with funeral professionals and then doing some one-on-one coaching. And she's starting to do some one-on-one coaching with, with women as well. And God is continually revealing this purpose and this plan for impact for us. And um, so... I thought that I was going to get into the business of selling vaults full of money, guns, jewels, prized possessions. But really, I was getting into the business of burial vaults. And man, those two types of vaults hold massively different things. But if you think about what's being buried in those vaults is a legacy that is far more valuable than money, guns, or jewels. Mm. Something else there too. So uh, God's plan isn't always linear. Sometimes a step backwards, like my car accident, is actually a momentum shift and a massive leap forward. There is not for a second do I think that I could get, have, God could reveal what he has revealed without that being part of the plan. I absolutely, I would not change a single thing about that in the moment. Yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. Why, why is this happening? Um, but now man, that, that was the absolute best thing that could possibly happen. It led to still a lot of heartache and it started kind of the, it was the domino that started this massive downhill slide, but that was on me. That wasn't on God. God revealed everything that I needed Right when I, I could have avoided all the other things had I just listened and grabbed hold. So God's plan isn't always linear. Your biggest breakdown can be your biggest breakthrough and you can leverage that biggest breakdown. Yes, there are things that are going to happen to you, choices that you didn't make, but the way that you react and the way you, you, you win is in your reaction, how you handle and the decisions that you make that follow that. So how you move on past that can be your breakthrough and then your purpose is almost never on the surface uh what feels like the finish line i thought 
Disrupt Media was the finish line. This is it. This is what we're building. This is where the impact's supposed to be. And God has continued to reveal, no, your, your purpose is greater. Your purpose is greater. Your purpose is greater. It goes deeper. It goes deeper than what's on the surface. And are you going to allow God to chip away your exterior? Are you going to allow him to get your heart? Are you going to allow him to lead in an authentic way that your purpose becomes greater? Your purpose becomes greater and you start to reveal that. Are we robbing God by not stepping fully into our purpose and just trusting him? Like I love an illustration that TD Jakes paints um, in an interview with Stephen Furtick. He talks about the table and he said, God provided the trees, but God didn't build the table. You have to build the table. So what is God giving you? What is God putting in your path where you're not stepping into it and using your hands to build what God's given you? Because God's given it to us. We just have to take the action to build it. Hey, if you love this podcast, I would love for you to subscribe. My goal is to put these things out weekly. I want to impact your life in a positive way by sharing the authentic life that I'm living, how we live uncommon, not only me, but as a family and, and how we do things. So smash the subscribe button, the follow button, whatever button gets you to get notifications that there's new episodes out until next time and live uncommon. Just a little uncommon, common.